Good morning. morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. Today we celebrate God's grace for 160 years here at St. Paul's. 160 years is a long time ago, back during the Civil War. It may seem distant and removed from most of us, but it's really a personal thing for each one of us as we'll come to see in our service as we remember our leaders and the faith that God has used them to hand down to us. We'll follow the order of service as it's printed out for you in your worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin by singing our opening hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, Heavenly Father, for calling us to faith through your word and bringing us together in the body of Christ, 
for awakening us to the urgency of your mission, for the privilege of taking your word into all the world. This day, O Lord, we remember the past. We remember the missionary zeal of our forefathers at St. Paul's. We remember their determination to show others how beautiful it is to live with Jesus and enjoy your word and sacraments. We remember their willingness to say, Here am I, send me. This day, O Lord, we reflect on the task. We reflect on being equipped with the power of your word. We reflect on being chosen as your ambassadors. We reflect on being entrusted with the message of reconciliation. This day, O Lord, we look forward to rejoicing that will last, to the rejoicing that will be ours in heaven, to the rejoicing others will experience through our missionary efforts, to the rejoicing that takes place in heaven when one sinner repents.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you have promised to be with your church forever. We thank you for establishing this congregation by your word and through the work of its founders. You have joined us as one into a family of believers who walk together in faith, love, and service. Keep our congregation faithful to your word. Increase our faith. Knit us together in the bonds of love. Make us eager to do your work, confident in your promises, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. So we follow the theme, Remember Your Leaders. Our first lesson from Genesis chapter 6, Noah took that personally. Noah was different than the rest of the world around him as he led his own family in righteousness trusting firmly in the promises the Lord God had made to send the offspring of the woman to crush the serpent's head and undo death. May we always take it personally and lead our families the same. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. The word of the Lord. We continue with the choir anthem.
Our second lesson for today, taken from Hebrews chapter 13, serves as the basis for our sermon. We take this personally, too, as we remember the leaders that God has given us to pass his word to us, and we imitate their faith. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Continue with the men's anthem. Spirit to the lost 
Please stand in honor of the gospel. In our gospel lesson today, taken from Luke chapter 10, Mary took this personally. Her Lord and her leader was coming to her with his word and his forgiveness and his joy and his hope. May we always take it just as personally as she did. Listen to him and follow him. That's what's most important in life. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from his Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. It is really good to be here today. The Word of God that I want to share with you is the second lesson, Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to read it again, verses 7 and 8, and the doxology in verse 20 and 21. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of the way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters of St. Paul's, friends, families, former members, the great missionary to the Gentiles was facing really the only thing that could silence his voice. You see, he had a passion to share the Word of God. He had a passion to share the message of Jesus. And up to this point, he had faced all kinds of trials and difficulties because he kept sharing the message of Christ. He faced hatred and persecution. He faced shipwreck and imprisonment, torture. But now as he is in prison for the last time with shackles on his wrists and on his ankles, he's writing a letter to his young son in the faith, Timothy, and he says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. The last offering of the day. My life is coming to an end. I have run the race. I've finished it. And now, there is in store for me a crown of righteousness. And when the executioner's blade took the life of the Apostle Paul, a shock wave went out throughout the Christian church. Starting in Rome, where he was killed, all the way around the Mediterranean world to the city of Jerusalem, south into Africa, east into India, where the gospel had already spread in just a few 35 years since the day of Pentecost. And the Christian church had to feel uncertainty. What do we do now? Where do we go? The, the great leader, Paul, is gone. And just on the heels of just a few short years after the apostle Peter had died. And in their congregations that gathered throughout the Mediterranean world, they, they wondered, they worried, they were concerned. And the next generation of leaders who would speak the word of God to them stood before them, and I'm guessing they quoted the Apostle Paul himself and reminded them, was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? He was a hero of faith, but our church stands firm on Christ Jesus. They reminded them, I'm sure, that Paul had run the race and now was wearing the crown, the crown that is reserved for everyone who awaits the reappearing of Jesus Christ. And so they encouraged the people with the glorious message of resurrection. And the people, you can almost hear them 
and see them taking heart, lifting their heads and saying, yes, the victory still is ours. And so they took up the sword of the Spirit, that word of God, they picked up the shield of faith, and they were ready to go back to battle. And then if we listen to the book of Hebrews 2, it talks about how all those who had run the race and finished their race and now were in glory were like a cloud of witnesses cheering them on, reminding them, it is worth every step of the way. It is worth every sacrifice. Go forward with that precious message. Onward, Christian soldiers, they cheered silently from glory. And the Christian church moved forward. Remembering their leaders, remembering their word, and following Christ Jesus, who is the strength. And it continued to move forward, claiming soul after soul throughout the centuries until we find ourselves in the 1500s. The Holy Roman Empire, far from holy. These were dark times. The people didn't have much hope. You see, that, that great sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, had been buried underneath the years of mankind's greed and Satan's deadly deceptions. And one voice spoke loudly the Word of God. One voice speaking the Word of God because his conscience was constrained by the Word of God. He had to speak. And he pointed everyone to Jesus again, and that Jesus who was his mighty fortress, and that word which was his trusty shield and weapon, he stood before the people, and by the time Martin Luther closed his eyes in death, the people had been restored, hearts had been reclaimed, the church had been reformed, and the mighty warriors of Christianity were regrouping and ready to go again with that sword of the Spirit fresh and new and shiny once again to go forward. Onward, Christian soldiers. 300 years later, basically the same place. Now it's the kingdom of Germany. The king of Germany, or Prussia, decided that he had had enough of these Orthodox Lutherans and the, and the other people in the Reformed Church battling with each other all the time. And so the, the king of Prussia and the Prussian Union said, this is going to be what you believe, and handed them their, their document, which is their beliefs. And our Lutheran forefathers, many of them, said, that's not what we believe. We can't live in a nation that tells us exactly how we have to believe. We're not going to listen to the dictate of some human leader when we already know that Christ has given us his truth. Christ is our truth. And so our forefathers made that very difficult decision to leave their home, leave Germany, board ships, and head to the freedom of the United States. Many of them to Wisconsin. A handful of them to a small village called Millersville. They built their homes, planted their fields, came together to form a church. What should we call it? Well, let's remember our leaders who spoke the word of God to our people. And they looked back over the landscape of time and they saw two impressive mountain peaks. One, the Apostle Paul. The other, Martin Luther. And they said, this will be our name. St. Paul's Gospel Preaching Lutheran Church. 
for the next 160 years, our ancestors, some of whose names we still have in this congregation, faced all kinds of difficulties and challenges throughout the years. They faced a nation that was trying to mend itself after being torn apart by a civil war. They faced the Great Depression. They faced wars, and they faced two world wars. They faced pandemic. They faced locally labor disputes, and even a tornado that ripped right through the heart of the village. And all this, while they were all experiencing personal storms that every one of us is familiar with, storms of doubt, sometimes despair, sometimes depression, certainly death, and during those 160 years, throughout the history of this congregation, this world's prince fought fiercely and forcefully against everything that St. Paul's Lutheran Church has stood for and everything on which this church stands because he could not stand to hear the gospel being proclaimed time and time again. But also during those 160 years, our ancestors, our grandparents, our parents, and we have stood firm on Christ Jesus. Because for us fights that valiant one, the one who is named faithful and true, the one who is the Lord of the church, the one who gave his life to rescue sinners like us. He has always been faithful. Just as relentless as Satan has been, so the Lord Jesus throughout the ages has never once wavered. He remains the same yesterday, today, and always will into the future. And so we celebrate today 160 years of God's grace to this congregation. But as we do, we need to look back and remember that there were sacrifices made. There was a high price paid by many and risks taken. Brothers and sisters, we're standing on holy ground. We're treading where the saints have trod. And now, in trembling hands, we are holding the treasure that has been passed down to us. We're holding this precious gift that God has preserved through his people throughout the ages, that the leaders who have been given to this church and throughout the course of Christianity have spoken to us time and time again. We have this treasure. And I want to talk to you about that treasure for a moment. Because it's our turn. It's our turn to hold it. It's our turn to share it. And it is vitally important that we recognize at least one truth, and that is Satan still scowls. He still wants to take away the treasure that we have. He still wants to pull us aside. Satan continues to attack the church. Satan continues to attack this church by attacking every single one of us. And so we must be aware because we ourselves, in our nature, are sinful. One of the things that I think I would like to warn you about and I'm going to speak to those of you who have a little bit of gray hair like mine. There is this idea that sometimes people have that think, well, now that I'm, I'm up, getting up there in years, I'm going to turn the leadership over to the younger people. I don't need to serve anymore because I've done my time. I'm going to sit back and simply wait till I can enter glory. I don't know about you, but as I look back on the, the course of history, I, I just don't see that. 
I see people who held firm till the very end, confessing the name of Christ. I see leaders continuing to speak the word of God to the people. I don't see anyone stopping short and saying, I'm done, until they're taken to the glory of heaven and gathered together with those saints who stand cheering on the church militant. Let me also talk to the rest of us. Satan continues to work through the old bag of tricks to lure people away from Christ. And one of the things that he has been very successful with in the recent years, sometimes even in the hearts of us, is this idea which I call convenient Christianity. What I'm talking about is looking for the the least amount of work that has to be done, the least amount of commitment that I have to make in order to still remain a Christian, but I get to sample a little bit of what the world has to offer. Think of that. It doesn't sound like the wholehearted commitment that our Lord calls us to as he calls us to discipleship. And yet Satan continues to work. He continues to attack us. And he continues to try to fill our schedules with all sorts of things that at the moment might seem important, but in the grand scheme of things, are not. He continues to try to attack our hearts to get us to pursue self-centered goals and purposes. And he continues to try to lure us into this wasted worship of the television and technology and social media. Brothers and sisters, when you look back to see this profession of, or procession of faith, people holding on and sacrificing to this gospel, and now it's in our hands, we do not have the luxury of setting it down to pursue our own things. We have been given a treasure, and it's a precious gift for us to hold on to. And when we look into the mirror of God's law, and we see that far too often we have fallen short, we've treated Christ and his truth shabbily, It is so important for us to do what our ancestors did before us. Listen to our leaders who speak the word of God to us. Listen to the call of the church which says to sinners, repent. Repentance, of course, is acknowledging our sin. The sin of treating the word of God shabbily and not cherishing it as the treasure that it is, along with all the other sins that trouble our hearts and many that don't. And lay them before our God, only to take up the precious truth of the peace of forgiveness that Christ Jesus makes possible. That great shepherd of the sheep, whom the Father raised from the dead, the one who who made the eternal covenant of the gospel possible by shedding his blood on Calvary's cross, we turn to him, the one who does not change yesterday or today or ever. And we hold on to the peace of forgiveness that Jesus alone makes possible. That precious gift that God gives to us in the gospel that has been the strength of this congregation for 160 years that allows you and me to say this amazing phrase, I am a child of God. And that is what you are because the Father has lavished his love upon you with such abundance upon us as God's people. What a privilege it is to hold this truth in our hearts and in our hands and to be able to share it. It's why your pastors today, your current leaders, continue to speak the word of God to you and invite you again and again and again, be in worship, be in Bible study. We need this strength. 
because we stand in a world that is vehemently opposed to it. What a privilege to be part of this procession of praise throughout the ages. What a privilege it is to inherit what it is that we have inherited and what a joy it is to say now we have the privilege. Now we have the joy of marching forward as Christian soldiers with the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit going forward to share this message of salvation. Brothers and sisters, in the course of 160 years, God has blessed this congregation in so many ways. There have been baptisms, there have been confirmations, there have been marriages. But the number that I really get caught on as I think about this text is the number of people who have lived their lives in faith, have finished the race, and we've celebrated in funeral services, almost 900 of them over the course of our history. They're the ones who wear the crown. They're the ones who cheer us on, and they're the ones we listen to and watch the example of their way of life and the outcome, standing there in glory. And then we look to one another for strength and guidance. We listen to our leaders who continue to speak the true word of God to us. And we say to one another, onward, Christian soldiers, in this procession of praise. Heavenward, Christian soldiers. Amen. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding shall keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Let's join our hearts together to confess our faith. Would you please rise for the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I continue with the prayer of the church. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. At this anniversary, we reflect on your past help and are encouraged in our hope for the future. We praise you for keeping and sustaining your people throughout the ages and preserving the preaching of your word and the administration of your sacraments among us. We praise you also for using us to touch others with the good news that sinners are reconciled to you through the life and death of Jesus Christ. Now we ask you to give us courage and hope as we move day by day into the future. Keep safe all those who assemble here in your name. Do not permit the evil one to pluck us out of your mighty hand. Strengthen us in the confidence that you have already overcome our greatest enemies, sin, death, and the devil. Increase our trust in your precious promise that you are with us always. Cause your Holy Spirit to work mightily in us and through us so that we may grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be with us as we strive to pass down to our children the truths that have been passed down to us. Continue to make our congregation a beacon of light in this sin-darkened world. 
Heavenly Father, we praise you for blessing Evelyn Springer with 96 years of life here for her family and her family of believers at St. Paul's as well. Most of all, we praise you for the birth that you gave her into your family by holy baptism. Be with her as she celebrates life in your Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. Grant that this celebration of your gracious activity in years and ages past be only the prelude to that far greater celebration we will enjoy forever in the joy and glory of the world to come. Still be our guard while troubles last and our eternal home. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated.
Almighty God, grant to your church the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that comes from above. Let nothing hinder your word from being freely proclaimed to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, so that we may serve you in steadfast faith and confess your name as long as we live. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated for our closing hymn. This time we invite our congregational president, Mr. Todd Martin, forward for a few remarks. Yeah, Luther said it's not going to be him. I can guarantee you this won't be as entertaining as uh, his little spiel last week. So I won't be asking you how many arms you have, and this won't be interactive. So. Um, all right, wow, 160 years, something to celebrate. What a great thing to see this church so full today um, and all these people here. We've got uh, the Unke family back with us, the Noltes, uh, Jim Dittmar. Sorry to call all you guys out, but great to have everybody back here celebrating with us. Um, so many people to thank, so many, uh, I guess, blessings to be thankful for over the years. Uh, first of all, we'll just say thank you to the Yonkou family for being here today. Thank you to Pastor for sharing your word with us, uh, that wonderful message. Uh, thank you to the History Committee for the uh, display that they set up this morning, as well as Dick Stelp for his wonderful presentation that he gave during Bible study. 
Uh, I was not able to be here for that, but I did get sent some pictures and it looked like the gym was completely packed. So um, that's, that's awesome to see. Uh, all the singers, musicians, people that were involved in the service today uh, that were able to uh, make this joyous occasion possible. Um, I'm continuously amazed, as I know a lot of people are, at the uh, blessing we have with all the different musicians and singers and people that continuously come um, new members, older members, um, just make our services uh, week in and week out something absolutely amazing. So we are truly blessed here for that. Uh, thank you to the Activities Committee for their work in getting the pig roll set up today. Um, we'll turn it over to Luther here in a minute for um, some directions on what's going to take place. And then uh, I know there's a lot of people to thank, all of the, as Pastor Unke said, all the saints that came before us, the people that made this building possible, um, all the work that they put in to make sure that we're here over 160 years. So when you think, um, it's somewhat hard to fathom 160 years. What, what did it for me was to think that the Civil War was still going on and hadn't ended um, by the time that this congregation was founded. Um, 1848, Wisconsin was founded, so um, there's a lot of things that have changed in this country, uh, in the world, um, our state, our community in that time, but one thing that hasn't changed is God's continued grace on this congregation. We have so much to be thankful for. Um, to Him be the glory, not only today, but every day from here forward. Um, with that, I'll give it to Luther and he can give some direction. Thanks, Todd.